0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first of Marking the role Minis. This is where we try and get all of the important points from an episode over in about 10 minutes. This is a Marking the role mini for episode 33, which was really for parents on how to protect your kids from gender ideology in schools. And we started off with uh, some kids from Rye College in the UK
1: says I'm
2: your boy and a girl today. There's
1: no other private part.
2: There's only two. If you have a vagina, you're a girl.
1: If you have a penis, you're a boy. Yeah. But cisgender is not necessarily the way to be. you are talking about the fact that cisgender is the, the norm, that you identify with the gender that with the sexual organs that you're born with, yeah. or you're weird. That's yeah. basically what you're saying. Yeah. Which is really despicable.
0: Well, the teacher thinks it's uh, really despicable. I think the kids did pretty well then. It's a sort of conversation your kids may be having with the teacher soon. Now, the question I'm asked is, how did it even get into schools in the first place? So I thought I would ask Kat Karina. Kat hosts several websites. Uh, Those web addresses will be on the episode notes. How and when this first started? In 2011,
1: I looked at all the laws... um that had the word sex in it. And what I found interesting after 2011, they were changing the word sex to gender. But then that, what happened is they changed the meaning of gender. So they managed to hijack all these laws to be mean something completely different.
0: How did it get into the education space?
1: I'm, I'm sorry, but a lot of this actually came out of the education space. People who wanted to have social change um, and it's based around um, heteronormativity. So people like Ros Ward from La Trobe University and three others wrote um, the program Safe Schools Program. Have you heard of that?
0: Yes, almost certainly.
1: So, Rose, Rose Ward is the main writer of that, and she admitted in 2015 that though it was you know purported to be an anti-bullying campaign for LGBTQIA, she admitted that it actually had nothing to do with the sort. it was to go against heteronormativity.
0: But is there any science behind it at all?
1: They, they're getting most of the ideas from Alfred Kinsey, and Alfred Kinsey believed that sex was just like any other biological urge. It had nothing to do with making people connected with each other or anything like that. And he believed that everybody from zero age and up was sexual. He was quite a monster. His his, his ideas have been accepted across many different education platforms, but they're behind a lot of what's coming in the
0: curriculum. And then came my interview with Ray Clark. Ray started a... Website and an organisation called Stop Gender Education Australia. And I began by asking her what first sparked her concern about gender ideology in schools.
2: Phil, I have three children and I noticed a real shift um, from my eldest to my youngest. I noticed that my youngest wasn't comfortable with debate and with different ideas. They were changing their language. So they were talking about other girls as they, even when it was a singular girl, and I was really confused. Um, And their reaction then to me being confused, they were very judgmental um, and they couldn't maintain the idea of a discussion about it. And I started doing some digging in terms of, well, where's this coming from? Um, and I started really looking at material that they're doing at school, which is called Respectful Relationships.
0: So all of this change in behaviour that you saw with your children, you think it came from that?
2: I really do, Yeah.
0: So so, what exactly is this respectful relationships thing?
2: Respectful relationship is marketed as a violence prevention program. They'll describe it as evidence-based and developed by experts. And the other one they like to say is it's age-appropriate. Uh, it's none of those things, and <laughs> parents need to know that. Um, what it is, is it's a very well-funded effort to disrupt cis-heteronormativity. What is is that? So that's a slur that they basically apply to anyone who's normal. So one is they really push that parents are bad, but teachers are trusted and school is safe. Um, And we see this in terms of how often they present a scenario where the parent's the problem, and then how often an activity suggests that you go to the teacher for help.
0: So this is what you saw in your daughters, wasn't it? You saw that they were not not relating to you.
2: Yes. Now the second thing which is what you were sort of asking me about is gender identity is embedded throughout and they do this in several ways so they mix up sex and gender repeatedly they downplay biology so they really focus on the lack of differences so they'll for instance with the little e's in year one and two they'll do games where there is no difference between boys and girls and then they talk about so there is no difference and sex doesn't matter and you can see that then build say when you get to year five or six where they give you a story of um two so-called girls um, in the same sports team and using the same toilet and one girl's upset and it turns out that the other girl is actually a boy and there's no discussion of any, that there is, A, a difference. The kids are taught, you know, who's the bully, who's the bystander. There's no discussion of, well, what else could she have done? How could different people's rights be respected? Um, And they they actually have um, activities which encourage kids to explore their gender identity. There's one which they're encouraged to look at Um, transgender role models and they can act out um, being a transgender role model.
0: So a 10-year-old can be asked to um, act out a transgender role model or read about them. Is that right?
2: That's right. And they start talking about um, born with. So body parts are certain, they're sort of relegated to being historical artefacts. You know, it's just something you're born with. And then in year five, we see born in the wrong body come in year seven they use um, sex assigned at birth so all terms which very much um are used by the transgender industry
0: it's simply an ide- ideology like a religion like a cult
2: yeah and it downplays the fact that sex is an important factor in identity development marking the role is funded entirely by subscriptions and donations you can subscribe via our Substack or you can buy us a coffee via our Buy Me A Coffee page. Just go to the links in the episode notes to subscribe or donate. Subscription is $35 for the year or you can buy us a coffee for as little as $5. Thanks for listening.
0: Um, Ray, how can a parent find out what's going to be taught?
2: In Victoria, it's all available online if your kid's at a public school and I believe it's the same in most states. Now, some schools will outsource it they'll use groups like Minus18 or Talking to Talk Sex Ed or whatever else. What seems to occur at most schools is if they have an external group in, they seem to be very good about letting parents know. They'll put something in the newsletter and say, oh, we're having this group, they're experts, they've got age-appropriate material. If you have any concerns or you want to know what they're doing, you can let us know. And because they're so upfront about it, I think most parents go, oh, all right, nothing to see here.
0: Yeah, so yeah, the
2: first right. thing I'd say is when you see that jump on it. Say, great, thank you. Yes, I'd like to see it. Uh, so you want to see well, what's being given in the classroom? What about the worksheets and the crosswords and the colouring ins and blah, blah, blah. And a number of parents have got, well, it's copyright. So in that situation, our advice is we'll say, no problems, I don't need a copy, but can I please come in and have a look at it? Now, if they're not willing to show you, I think it's quite simple. You simply say, well, no, my kid can't do it. It's not just what's in the materials, it's the conversations that the material opens the door to um, because these are conversations you don't want an adult outside your family to be having with your child.
0: So you're saying, Ray, that look for the key words like identity, like uh, gender and sex sort of being mixed up. That sort of key word.
2: And and look, look for how parents... Up a trade, look for parents, if parents are even in there.
0: What can a parent do if they are concerned about this content?
2: We're pushing a three-step process, which is look, set, tell. So look at what your child's being uh, being taught. That's the first step. The second step is to set boundaries. So set boundaries for what's okay for your child to be taught. So there's a requirement on schools to teach certain things. It doesn't mean that it has to be taught to your child. And then the third step is tell school what those boundaries are, what's off limits for your child.
0: How do you actually tell the school?
2: If it's sex ed, the policy is you can simply opt out. So that's super easy. If it's respectful relationships, um, it's a bit more difficult. And so this is where uh, most states will have a policy that will be something of along the lines of... Um, controversial materials where you have to show that it's controversial for your family and why and why you think it's harmful for your child.
0: Now for New South Wales parents the 2023 guidance um, it says the parental right to withdraw their child must be respected. What is the most important point to push when you talk with the with the, um, the head of well-being or the principal?
2: You've got to be really careful how you do it. So therefore, it has to be specific to the kid and Mm. it's got to be about the harms to the kid. And if you focus on the harms that this is going to cause to your child, the principal has to do something.
0: A lot of parents are thinking, should I discuss this with my child?
2: Yeah, Phil, I think that's really important. There's conversations you should have with your child. So you're pre-preparing them for the sorts of things they might hear and what you think about them. And why and modelling different ways to be respectful but not accepting those views because they're different to what we believe in our family so the other thing is to write to the teacher and say this is what I've done with my child so they're going to approach you by saying excuse me Miss Smith this is one of those topics my mum emailed you about may I please go to the principal's office But if you make yourself the culprit, mum's the problem and that gives the kids an out.
0: Yeah, and even having, do you think having it on a little bit of laminated paper, like a a little card that the the child can get up and simply give it to the teacher, the teacher doesn't have to respond and then they just leave the room.
2: And I think emailing a copy of it to the teacher at first saying, I've given this to my child, you know, and it's just a reminder every day.
0: There'll be a lot of parents from other states wanting information about this, um, what do you suggest they do?
2: Look, we'd love to have you make contact. Our website is stopgendereducation.au.
0: And that was Ray Clark from Stop Gender Education Australia. My name's Phil Dye. You've been listening to the first Marking the Role mini. I'll see you in a little while.